Welcome back to Bible study to Paul's letter to the Roman church and we have reached chapter 4 verse 21. Welcome back. Did I say what church? The Roman church. Did I, did I say the Roman church? Oh, there we are. Well you see, um, warts and all. <laughs> I'm under grace John so you I are. know you're quite legalistic on yes, you getting the verses right. But yeah. I, well, 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 I just sensed it would help the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that before and um, thank you. Uh, you're Derek aren't you? Yes. Um, no, welcome back John and welcome Derek. Thank you. And apologies for all my frailties. Now um, uh, Derek you're going to read from verse 21 to the end of the passage and I'll pray. Galatians 4, verse 21. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. Which things are symbolic? For these are the two covenants the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Thank you. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we uh, uh, completely depend on you um, for your anointing on the reading of your word, on the studying of your word, um, hearing from you. We, we pray, Lord, that you will uh, give us clarity as we uh, explore this important uh, passage of scripture. Lord, we know your ways are higher than our ways. Uh, your paths are beyond tracing out. We want to give you all the honor and all the glory um, in all of our Bible studies, including uh, this one. We pray, Lord, that this um, short time together studying these important scriptures will be a time of blessing and a time when you are honored and glorified. Amen. Amen. As I said last week, you know, we're on, we're on the slope and we, we are, <laughs> we're completely dependent on the Lord providing the rope, as it were, uh, for us to, to get through. And um, I uh, have often looked at this passage, so I'm looking forward to either Derek or John. <laughs> <laughs> Um, clarifying, <coughs> clarifying these important words. Um, I, I do feel for poor old Ishmael in the mix, but there's, there, we're talking about a spiritual truth here. Um, he, 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 of course, is the father of, of the Arab peoples, 
uh, and he has been blessed, and there was a great blessing uh, uh, to Ishmael. And I don't know whether we go back to the original, the, the, the narrative in Genesis now, or whether we do it later, but just to give folks the context, it wouldn't confuse us, would it, to, to read or to at least allude to mm. those passages in Genesis. Yeah. Over to you, Derek. Well, the, uh, I think, yes, the, he's, Paul is uh, saying, he, he's saying, okay, you want to be under the law. Let's, let's, let's hear the law. Let's see how the law has to say it. Mm. And he uses a kind of um, allegorical type of argument from stories within the law. Mm. So he's saying, okay, I'll come onto your territory since you want to base everything on the law. law. Let's do that. But he's using, and I think the, the Jewish rabbis would like to do this kind of, mm. and we would call it typology, yeah. and, and using, it's on the premise really that God, um, as well as you know, the, the plain teaching of the Bible, God has planted lots of pictures yeah. within the biblical stories yeah. that, that reveal mm -hmm. aspects of how he works. And so having given the theological argumentation that we've been through, very close argument like a lawyer yeah. would, yeah. Paul is now kind of illustrating it. He's, he's, he's now taking the grand themes within the Bible history and, and visual, helping us to visualize it, because often we can understand visual concepts much better. So typology, you know, brings it to life. It, mm. it makes it very visual and, and concrete. And it, it's, it's more in the realm of illustrating. So it's an saying. allegory. Yeah. Yeah. Allegorical. Yeah. Which, which makes it interesting. I Come think, on, John Pitt. Yeah, I, I, it, I just, I, I've just realized, as Derek was talking, how this, this <coughs> allegorical approach, how, how, how it was birthed. Because we talked last week um, where we said in verse 20, I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone for I have doubts about you. And, and, and Derek explained how, uh, and, and I absolutely agree with him, that this is really a, a, a cry from the heart for Paul. I, I, I want to contend with you, but I just don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm stuck. I, I, I hope I'm getting through. And there's a sense in which the epistle could have ended there. Mm. But on this cry of frustration, the Holy Spirit immediately gives him this inspiration. Mm. Yeah. This is the way forward. That's it. Mm. That's, that's very, very allegory. good, isn't it? Yeah. And so even Paul can't claim credit for this. No. <laughs> uh, you <laughs> no. know, it's, it, he was basically at his wit's end, as you said yeah. last week, and he just didn't know how to break through this barrier. And as it were, the Lord intervened. Um, yeah. And it's and like let's that. Not try, try not to mess it up now, because <laughs> this is where the clarity will come. It's like that in teaching, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you can be trying to explain everything, and, and to you it's, it's clear, it's logical and that, but, and people don't seem to be quite getting it. Yeah. And then you throw in an illustration, mm. you know, a real-life story, and suddenly, oh, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. You know, because mm. once they see the principle enacted in a story... Then mm. somehow the human brain is so constructed that that we we understand it, and that's in a way what Paul is doing here. He even says it in verse twenty-four, doesn't he? He says, I, "You know, what I'm saying can be taken figuratively." Mm. Yes. He, he, I don't know what it says in in your version, but mine says figuratively, does it? And it yeah. is important to say, uh, and and he sa does say it's an allegory. Allegory, yeah. Um, these things are symbolic, as you say. Yeah. In, um, 
this is not a denial that of the literal interpretation of Scripture. It's always worth saying that. In other words, when we allegorize, we're not saying these events did not happen. In mm. fact, it's based no. on the literal. It's yeah. based on the yeah. fact that there was these real events, these real people mm. that did take place. But it's saying also that God works through them mm. and is painting a bigger picture. And the classic example we often use is Abraham offering up Isaac on Mount Moriah. Yeah. You know, we're, that's a real historical event. God really led him to do that. But God, in God's plan, he had a bigger purpose in view. That Absolutely He was in painting tune. a picture, yeah. wasn't he, of yeah. redemptive yeah. realities. And, and that happens in many, and one of the exciting ways of reading the Old Testament is seeing yeah. Jesus everywhere and seeing the spiritual realities being manifested in the stories of people's lives. It's, you know. it's quite, you couldn't make it up. I often think that about the life of the Lord Jesus, how, how it is there, as it were, prefigured um, in, in so many of the Old Testament stories. Quite, it's really. I don't know why the, the the sort of secular critics don't at least acknowledge because they how remarkable God's word is. Because they can't see it. This is this is the thing that 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 this word is dead to you until you're born mm. again. They can't see it. They mm. can't correlate. They can't cross how it. Sad. It's just dreary. How sad. Isn't it? Yeah. Spiritually discerned. It's spiritually yeah. discerned. And it, it's yes. like dehydrated food in a way. It, it seems, you know, f you come to it and you think, you know, mm. what is that? But you add water, you add the water of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And of course, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, mm. th that you can't do that. Exactly. But then suddenly it comes to life. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you, you see that. And mm. this is the kind of thing that Paul would have experienced. He would have you know, when he had his salvation and soon after. You know, he knew all these stories inside out, better yes. than we do. Mm. And suddenly God poured the water on. Yeah. And he suddenly realized, oh, that's Jesus there and that's, that's, that's the place yeah. of the law and, and that, that's grace. And suddenly it all suddenly went from two-dimensional to three-dimensional, mm. you know. There's um, <coughs> two scriptures that come to mind. I mean... The God of this age has blinded the unbelievers. Yeah. But then, uh, remarkably, which I, I find one of the greatest stamps of, uh, you know, authenticity or verification that it's God's word, how the Jewish people, it says in Romans 11, that he has blinded them, given them a spirit of stupor, so they don't see these truths. Why? So that salvation could come to the ends of the earth, to the Gentiles. That for me, is the most amazing sort of um, counterintuitive uh, fact through the, the whole church age that the Jewish people do not see Jesus as their Messiah. Yes. When it's absolutely, the, the Old Testament is replete with um, illustrations of, of it, the Lord Jesus being yeah. the Messiah. For me, that is the miracle of God's hand. Yes. You know, how else could it have come about? Not just the fact that the Lord has preserved the Jewish people, but that he has actually, there's a prof prophetic fulfillment in the fact that they don't see the gospel of the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is their heavenly Joseph, who they don't recognize because he's an Egyptian. That, for me, is, the scriptures are miraculous. Yeah. yeah.
and it's very humbling, very humbling, because, yeah, the Lord reveals these mysteries to us, not because we're clever. That's right. Yeah. No, absolutely no cleverness on our um, part. <laughs> yeah, we could spend the whole of today's um, Bible study talking about all the allegories of Scripture, but let's stick to this one, shall we? Yes, yeah. probably. <laughs> would be wise. Yeah. The, um, verse 22, it says, uh, we introduce the main characters, obviously. Mm. Uh, it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman and the other by a free woman. So it's interesting, you know, both, you know, Abraham was, both are claiming Abraham, you know, you know that mm. we are sons of Abraham. Mm. But as the scripture points out, you can be a son of Abraham, but there, there were two primary sons of Abraham, of course, Isaac and Ishmael. Yeah. And, and as we read in the passage, it's clear that he's comparing true, true believers who are under grace to Isaac. Mm. And he's comparing those who are, as it were, under the law to Ishmael. Mm. So probably... So one was the slave. One was born into Hague, slavery. Hager. One was born from... A, yeah, and the difference between them was their mothers. Yeah. And the mothers are going to represent, if you like, the type of religion or the type of covenant mm. that each is under. So I think it would be helpful yep. to read the NIV... Oh yes, thank you so much. Here, because that, as I've been reading it, it for thirty years, um, particularly yeah, I do well, like, I do like. Uh, it draws out a bit of clarity. Yeah, great. This is an allegory. This is from verse twenty-four to twenty-seven. Um, this is an allegory. The two women stand for two covenants. Mm. Okay. Uh, in other words, whether you live under the old covenant, you, you are like Ishmael. Mm. Uh, that's what the legalists were trying to Which do. Which is so interesting, because that would covenant. really get people to, up, uh, to sit <laughs> yeah. up and think, what? <laughs> you're like Ishmael. <laughs> to, to actually spill their tea. You're trying to live under law, you're like Ishmael. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like putting <laughs> the knife it, it, in it, a bit. Anyway, um, the two women stand for two covenants. The one bearing children into slavery mm. is the covenant that comes from Mount Sinai. Mm. So, yes, you can claim a descent from Abraham, but actually, uh, you, you know, you're being born into slavery like Ishmael. Mm. He doesn't name Ishmael, but obviously he's talking, he's comparing those who are slaves to the law in mm. slavery and bondage to the law mm. to Ishmael, mm. born from a slave handmaid called Hagar. Uh, sorry, I keep interrupting the scripture. Um, this is an allegory. The two women stand for two covenants. The one bearing children into slavery is the covenant that comes from Mount Sinai. That is Hagar. Mm. Sinai is a mountain in Arabia, and it represents the Jerusalem of today. In other words, the Judaism, the legalistic Judaism that Paul was fighting against mm. is actually of, of that nature. Mm. For she and her children are in slavery... But the heavenly Jerusalem is the free woman, and she is our mother. Mm. So we both, there's a connection to Jerusalem below and, and above. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that, I, that is quite a clearer translation, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. But, but really, we need to go back to you the You sure story. that was the NIV? That one? The, what, the, I believe the so. Okay, okay. There's a slight so. variation on mine. I'm reading but, um, it out of a book. Yeah, it's okay. No, I am wrong. Yeah. It's the New English Bible. Thank you. John Stott yeah. 
quotes it in his commentary, yeah. and um, he felt that it, and I agree, that it, it puts it particularly clearly, the yeah. New English Bible. Yeah, very, very interesting. I saw the word new, and I yeah, exactly. jumped to conclusions. Yeah, right. we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll enjoy the, world new, the word new, the new covenant, <laughs> while we're on the subject. Uh, John, you picked up Martin Luther, which is... Yes. Uh, I, I don't know whether you're going to put it back down again. Time. Okay. But yeah, we we it it seems so clear, doesn't it, that um, that those who, as we we're saying, the, the the sort of spilling of the tea moments, <laughs> Paul is basically saying it really clearly um, and getting their attention that. Um, Yes, he's saying being born of Abraham is not enough, you know, because mm. that's what they were saying, mm. even to the Gentiles. He's saying, look, you, you need to be physically, and the way they could do it is by being circumcised and becoming a Jew and, in a yeah. sense, yeah. come under the Abrahamic thing physically. Mm. Mm. And, and he's saying, well, you know, it's not enough to be born of Abraham physically. You need to, you need to be born spiritually and it's illustrated by the fact that Abraham had two sons by two different women. Yeah. One it's represents the spiritual uh, un being under grace, and the other represents the mm. being under the, under the law. So could, could I, uh, you know, I, I'm almost certainly going to mess this up, you know, and confuse people, but, it, you know, is there, is there a, a, can we draw a line across uh, the page to uh, chapter 3 when he talks about the seed of Abraham as opposed to the seeds of Abraham. Because if, if it says the seeds, then it would include Ishmael, as it were. But the seed is clearly saying, you know, that it's the covenant through Isaac to the Lord Jesus. And that's the fulfillment of the seed of, a, of Abraham. And what he's saying is that that um, seed is of Jerusalem, not of Sinai. The heavenly Jerusalem. Mm. Yes. Oh, thanks, yes, John. Yes, it, it is. It is. You know, I, but I'm just thinking. It. We 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 know these stories uh, as we and we've read them many times. But we have to remember that 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 Isaac is a miracle child. Yes. A, a, an absolute mm. miracle child. He's born of a miracle. Mm. Whereas. You know, Hagar was obviously still fertile, and we don't hear, you know, let's get carnal for a moment. We don't hear that uh, Abraham resisted his wife's suggestion mm. to go and sleep with her, her mm. probably very pretty maid. Mm. And so it was a real work of the flesh, you know. That's the point, isn't it? A real work of the flesh uh, that Abraham was actively involved in. Mm. But, but and, and human wisdom, yes. a, a sort of formula, this is going to work, we can fulfill the promise this way. Yeah, that's um, right. Through, through our own sort of cleverness. Yeah. Well, God, God had given the promise to Abraham, possibly when he was, well, 75 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then, of course, nothing seemed to happen. Mm. And so at some point, Abraham 25 said, years. I'm going to have to make God's promise come to pass. I'm going to have to yeah. do it myself. Yeah. And, and yeah, he, sorry, I said 25 years. That was when Isaac um, mm. turned up. But, you know, yeah, he was 75. Was that about the time Gen that so uh, in, yes, he went in, with Hagar? Yeah. In Genesis, when God spoke to him originally, I think he was 75. Okay, yeah. And received the promise. But um, 
he's about 80, in fact, it's the end of Genesis 16, and, and yep. like John said, he, he got in the flesh, yep. and Sarah too, and so she let him, and it was a custom of that time, you know, that, because yeah. in a sense, Hagar, the slave, um, kind of belonged to Sarah, so it would be Sarah's child, yes. legally. Yes. Mm. Um, so it says in verse 15 of Genesis 16, So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, yeah. Ishmael. Yeah. So there's our Ishmael. Yeah. But he's born of the flesh. Yeah. And, and in, like all and of Abraham us... Abraham was 86 years old. 86, yeah. yeah. Hold on to that number. Yeah. Um, he's now 86. Uh, now, now, we're all born of the flesh. Mm. You know, we're all born in sin. Uh, and it was a purely natural birth, and it, and it was not God's will. Okay? Um, and it was a purely natural birth. It's and God's it's, permissive will. Well, yes, in that sense, yes. Mm. Um, but Abraham was not obeying God no. by doing this. Mm. Um, and then notice, just some, some interesting features here, chapter 17, verse 1, when Abraham was 99 years old. Yeah. Now suddenly the scriptures jumped over 13 years. Yeah. And in a sense, this is a sign that Abraham's been out of fellowship with God because, mm. you know, There's nothing suddenly, said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and now God finally turns up and, and brings Abraham back, mm. you know, because Abraham's been in the flesh, if you like, yeah. and he's trying to make it happen in his own strength. Mm. Mm. And Ishmael, therefore, when we talk about Ishmael in the typology, Ishmael is the product of the flesh. Mm. And that's a picture of someone who's under the law, mm. all right? They are their own man. They are trying to make themselves. They are trying to do it themselves. They are a man of the flesh. That is Ishmael. Mm -hmm. He's a product of the flesh. And he's born into slavery because his mother is, is herself a slave. Now notice how God appears to Abraham and says, I am El Shaddai. Yeah. Well, and 99 is a picture of someone who's now at the end of themselves. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. nine is the number of finality. Yeah. So 99 represents... Abraham has tried everything in the flesh and, and now yeah. sometimes we have to come to yeah. the end of ourselves before we'll totally trust God. That's right. And so God says, I'm El Shaddai, mm. I'm the God who's more than enough. Why don't you trust me now, Abraham? Mm. Why don't mm. you? And that's what he says, I'm El Shaddai, I'm more than enough. Yeah. Walk before me. Yeah. You see, walk in fellowship with me. Submit it to me and let me do it through you. Can I throw something in? Because um, we'll stick in this passage. It's great. Um, there's some wonderful scriptures here in chapter 17. But um, in Romans 4, where it says righteousness was credited to Abraham because he believed the promise that he would be the father of, of many uh, nations. Was it um, in chapter 17? 15. No, what, what I'm asking is where righteousness was credited to Abraham. 15. Had Abraham really got it in 15? Yeah. That's my point, because he's, he's in the flesh in 16, yeah, trying well, to, to put it together legalistically, Christian, which is not salvation by faith. It's salvation <laughs> by, I'm going to get this done myself. Christians have been known to get in the flesh. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so that's not as big a digression as I thought it no, would be. but it's a really good point. You know, he, his action in, in 15 yeah. or 16 is yeah. where he believed, and yeah. that's credited for righteousness. Then he gets in the flesh. Yeah. You know, we all go wrong. Um, we don't lose our salvation. Yeah. Uh, and then exactly. the Lord pulls him back, as he invariably pulls us all back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so in chapter 17, for me, there's a wonderful distinguishing, distinctive verse in verse uh, 7. It says, I'll establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants. And then in verse um, 8, he says, I will give as an everlasting possession. Isn't that pointing to the heavenly um, Jerusalem? You know, that, that, you know, something that's everlasting is beyond the flesh, as it were. Mm. Or am I jumping ahead too much? Well, yeah. well it is. Uh, the, the, a, the promise to Abraham was kind of on three levels. Okay, that's, one, what, that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. And one of well, one was the, the, to have a nation and a land, mm. you know. Um, the other was, was a throne mm. that would be developed in the Davidic covenant, that the throne of the earth would, would be established. Mm. And, and the one that we're mostly interested in is the blessing the blessing of Abraham, which was salvation, not just for Abraham's physical seed, but for his spiritual seed, uh, yeah. all the Gentiles who believe in Christ. Mm. And, and when he says, I think you're talking about, for instance, mm. he's going to make an everlasting covenant to be God to you mm. and your descendants, that's mm. the spiritual blessing. That's what yeah. we've come into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the God of Abraham is now our God. You know, we've come into that everlasting covenant. So eventually that would be developed into the new covenant. Mm. But it's there in seed form even there. Yeah. There's an, another important point totally relevant to the walk of grace which is here in, in, in chapter 17. Um, so we said that Abraham was 99 and the Lord appeared to him and he says I'll make my covenant between me and you and we'll multiply you exceedingly. And then in verse 3, easy to skip over this, mm. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him. Mm. This is the moment when he realized he's really mucked it up. <laughs> yeah. That he's been in the flesh yeah. all this time and, 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 and he's thrown himself before God in awe. Um, and this is the point, this is the point of repentance. Yeah. And this is yes. the point where you get your end of your end of yourself walking in the flesh, trying to do God's work, trying to help him to assist him. And he, as I said before, he doesn't need it. All he wants is your availability to, you, you, to yield yourself to him. And here, God in his grace, because Abraham is saved, or Abraham is still, he's saved, he's, his righteousness has been credited to him. Yes. And, and he falls on his face and the Lord says, as for me, in verse four, behold, my covenant is with you. I haven't changed my mind. Now you've got to this place, we can walk out your destiny together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it's all about. You know? no, and notice what God does in response. He, now that he surrenders to God yeah. and, and, and has repented of, of trying to do it himself, God changes his name, right? And from Abraham to Abraham. And the difference is simply the letter H, which is the breath word, mm. which represents the Holy Spirit. So here, there's an infusion of grace into Abraham now that changes him from Abram to Abraham. And the same thing with Sarah. She was Sarai. Add in the H in the middle of the word, mm. and she becomes Sarah. Mm. And the breath of God. <clears throat> so when we surrender to... So I know to Ruach HaKodesh, mm. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Somewhere in there is this H yeah. that you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, oh, okay, I'll throw this out yeah. just yeah, for fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe the Trinity is in, in, in Yahweh. Yes. Y-H-W-H. 
WH. The H is in two places, interestingly. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the Yod, I believe, represents the Father. Mm. Um, and, and then the, the V is the connection word. Yeah. What the Hebrew for and, it's yeah. connects. Yeah. And it's the, the Va, and that's the Son who is mm. the connection. Yeah. And the, the H represents the Holy Spirit Connecting. who flows from, that's why Father. it's in two places, it flows from the Father through the Son. Yeah. And that's all encrypted in, in Yahweh. Through the Son or to the Son? Through the, through son. the son. Well, to the yeah. Son, but through, through the, the Son. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit, um, yeah, yeah, is between yeah. the Y and the H, but also He flows through. Mm. And, and the, so the processions of the Spirit is encoded in Yahweh. That's just something yeah. I like. Special. But, but the, the big thing is that when we surrender to God and we trust in Him, and we, we repent from our dead works, our, uh, of our self-righteous works, um, we receive that infusion of grace. Mm -hmm. And now, He is now receiving the power now to give birth to Isaac. Yeah. And notice His name is changed now to a father of many nations. Yeah. Now, I think. Uh, by the way, just we'll just uh, settle because John's been studying grace all his life. Have you heard that one <laughs> <laughs> on the no, Yahweh? I but I remember it. Isn't it's it good? Wonderful. Isn't that good? Yeah. You know, that's a special revelation. I think it, the Lord showed that to me. I yeah. don't remember reading it no. anywhere. Well, but, that's even uh, better. It is it, interesting. It, it, it gives extra depth <laughs> to the Lord's pro proclamation that His name is I am who I am. Mm. Yes. I, I, it, it's just. Mm. It just adds that depth mm. just, of let's understanding just sit, sit to back it. and uh, again just repeat it for those that because I know there are folk who watch and think, oh, I wish I'd have noted that down. Uh, uh, just again, Yahweh. Um, we know we got the H's, but the the yes. Yod and so the Yod is like the the kind of initiating hand. Yeah, the, the Vav um, is, represents Christ because it's the connection word. Mm. You, for instance, it, the first time it's used is uh, God created the heaven and the earth, and yeah. the word and. It was used for a nail, mm. valve, uh, to nail two things together. Mm. So Christ is the mediator, you know, he's the one who connects heaven to earth, as it were. Yeah. Um, so that represents Christ. Mm. And then H is the breath word, mm. it represents the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so the picture there is, is of three, mm. three in one. Mm. Mm. Um, they are all Yahweh, but yeah. there's a picture of three in one. And the Holy Spirit, you see, is, flows between the Father and the Son. He's the Spirit of the Father, He's the Spirit of the Son. Mm. And He flows from the Father through the Son yeah. Yeah. to us. Mm. And, and it's all encoded in yeah. Yeah. Yahweh. We believe in, in the Apostles' Creed, in, in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father to the Son and with the Father mm. and the Son is worshipped and glorified, I think. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. The, for me, the best way to summarize it is that He flows from the Father through the Son. You know, the mm. famous dispute in church history yeah. is, does the mono, Spirit mono just from the Father or from the Father and the Son? Yeah. Because the Son is the image of the Father. Mm. And a good way to combine the, the two a good compromise, if you mm. might, might say, is he flows from the Father through the Son. I know, and that's what I'm trying to pick up, because it was the monophysite, yeah. you know, division. Yes. Um, which I think is still pretty relevant today. Another interesting... Geographically as well as theologically. Yeah. 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 It, another interesting one is, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord 
our God is one Lord. Mm. One. But actually, literally, it is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord, mm. Echad, is one. Mm. But that's the word for corporate unity. Yeah. So notice he's names three. Yeah. The Lord, our God, the Lord, is one. Yeah. Therefore, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, uh, soul, and strength. Mm. Man is a trinity, too. We should love God with mm. spirit, soul, body, you might mm. say. Wonderful. But, um, you know, it's wonderful because um, people think this is just an aside, but I, I wrote this down as a very detailed script for Derek before the Bible study. Absolutely. And I said, Derek, could you just follow every, every point here? Because that's what we do. I, and I'm reading from an auto cue here. And so you can, um, you know, because we do everything legalistically with Bible study and we have to follow a very, very tight format, don't we? And I, and I had slotted in at this point, some Derek, believe you. Um, uh, Derek at this point <laughs> yeah, is going to open up, yes. and Derek at this point is going to open up on, on <laughs> Yahweh and um, the meaning of it. But what a blessing that that's just thrown into the middle of our study. Yeah. Um, and I, am, I was a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but I hope the Lord will forgive me. Yes, it's the English sense of humour. It can be a bit complex. in America. That would, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or dare I say... I remember know, in a, when I was an American listening to an English speaker <laughs> using a dry sense of humour, not, yep. not laughing at your own jokes, mm. you know. And, and the Americans <laughs> were looking at him like, what, he's, this guy is weird. Like, because they were yep. taking him yep. literally. They love us. And they They're, didn't, they didn't what? see the twinkle in the eye. They <laughs> love the British. I know Amer our American viewers, they, you really love the British. <laughs> That's why you say, say that again. <laughs> oh, I love that accent. <laughs> it's absolutely accent. classic. It's wonderful. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that we're, you know, we're divided by a common tongue. But, we, you know, we're, we're one in the spirit. And, and okay, keep going. We're still one, in Genesis One, one little point here, because mm. it's, it only came to me mm. as I was just talking just now. Mm. I have made you a father of many nations. Mm. Now, implicit in that mm. is actually salvation, because mm. Abraham was the father, we think, of the Jewish nation. Yeah. But when he says he's the father of many nations, surely that is saying... He, that's talking about us. Father of faith. He's the father yes. of, of all the believers in all the nations. Yeah. In other words, he's talking about the blessing yeah. of salvation mm. that, it, that is going to be released. Mm. Okay? And, and because now he is now anointed, he's just, God's just breathed into him. He's now anointed him, mm. as it were, empowered him mm. to fulfill that promise. And what's going to happen next is, of course, that he gives the promise of Isaac. Yeah. Which is supernatural because he's 99, Sarah's 90. So, right? yeah, yeah. so now that's why to understand Isaac in the allegory, all right, Isaac is the product of this work of the Spirit. Yeah. El Shaddai breathing into Abraham, empowering Abraham, giving him the promise, a supernatural birth. No question. And Isaac is brought forth. Yeah. And yeah. we are Isaac. Yeah. If yes. we are born again, because yes, yeah, we've had our natural birth, and if that's all we've got, yes. we're Ishmael. That's yeah. right. But if we now have received yes. is, a supernatural birth, which is by the promise of God, by El Shaddai breathing into us, yeah. then we become Isaac. And, and, this, story. and this is saving faith. Yes. It's actually Abraham, uh, of course he believed that Sarah would... Um, who is barren would give birth, 
but it, it says in that Romans 4 passage, um, he believes in the, believed in the God who gives life to the dead. Yes. And that's the supernatural. We, we believe in the resurrection. We believe in the God who gives life to the dead. It's not, yes. it's not something that's manufactured by a, a human system. It's something that reaches beyond. Can I just um, uh, differentiate from the, uh, with John's help, the, the, the three great monotheistic faiths? Because some say, oh, well, they're the ones that all derive from Abraham. And so we are the, the, the three Abrahamic religions, yes. you know, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. This isn't uh, the father of many nations um, that's referred to in, in chapter 17, is it, John? No, it's not. I mean, the, 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 they have the three Jewish, religions. Yes, the, 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 the Judaism and the Christian side we understand relatively well. I mean, and we see they run par parallel through here, and we will see as we develop the allegories, as, as we follow Paul's development of the allegories in, in, when we get back to Galatians uh, 5 or 4, four mm. um, that uh, I've lost the train of my yeah. argument here. Yes, we took that, 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 that Judaism has, on the one hand, come down through, through Isaac, but in reality has come down through Ishmael. Mm. Um, that's the, the, that's the, what the, Paul the, is arguing. Exactly yeah. so. Um, and then you have the uh, problem of Islam, which rightly takes itself back to Abraham, but again it takes itself to Abraham through Ishmael, mm. not through Isaac. Yeah. And so it again is a, is a work of the flesh. Oh, uh, right. the, the so the, so the interesting differentiator between the two, so, so, so it's a misnomer to say the three great Abrahamic religions because that the um, uh, Judaism through Isaac becomes Ishmael, yes. um, spiritually. spiritually. Yeah. Um, uh, Islam, through Ishmael, becomes Ishmael. Yes. Um, yeah. The danger being that Christianity can come through oh, Isaac yes. and Ishmael and become Very Ishmael. So. Very much so. <laughs> Very much so, yes. Every, and what Paul is saying is ultimately you're either Ishmael or you're Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. yeah. Depending on where, where. Now, you might claim a descent from Abraham validly, mm. you know, uh, Islam does, mm. Judaism does, uh, and, and Christianity does. But the issue is, in Paul's mind, he says, who's your mother? Yeah. Is Sarah your mother? Spiritually speaking, yeah. Yeah. Sarah your mother or Hagar? Mm. Are, you, are you born supernaturally mm. through the promise of God, yeah. through the grace of God, um, or are you born, as it were, naturally mm. into slavery because you're, you're, you're yeah, mm. into bondage. It, it's, uh, one can develop this into the salvation message. You know, yeah. Some people get very cross with me, I know, okay. but I can't resist it because here we see the, 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 the picture between God and, and Abraham and Isaac of the born again experience. It is totally of God. Yeah. Isaac could only be born of God. Mm. And, and the others are born by agree agreement with some work. So again, it's the Lord. The Lord moves through us. I mean, this should help evangelists. The Lord is doing the work. Yeah. You, you don't, you might need to encourage somebody because they're a bit shy, but when the Lord opens your eyes and opens your heart, you say, yes, Lord, 
You mm. can't help it yeah. because he's done a work in you. Yeah. And, and evangelists you ought to rest in that, that as long as they're preaching the gospel, yeah. the Lord will do the work because that's the power of God unto salvation. We don't have to manipulate with spiritual music and this, that and the other and bow your head and all that. Right. That is a work of the flesh. Yeah. It doesn't leave room for the miraculous work of God yeah. where somebody says, yes, Lord. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Martin Lloyd-Jones um, gave an illustration of uh, it, it during one of his great evangelistic sermons. There was someone agitated in the congregation who made a beeline for him at the end. And he felt that he didn't want to, as it were, capitalize on the emotion of the moment. Uh, but he believed that if God was going, is doing the work, you don't have to manipulate it. So he, right. let, he let that um, lad, as it were, he didn't actually clinch it and say, well, let's bow, bow the knee now and, and, and say the sinner's prayer. But that chap did yes. come to know the Lord through his work. Yes. And by the way, we, um, we do have um, Genesis 15 as well, which is the classic example that Abraham was asleep you know, when, as it were, the Lord gave um, uh, the covenant, um, uh, you know, th walking between the passing through the two uh, animals through with the Holy Spirit. Um, and that, as it were, fits in with our whole um, theme, which is it is of God. It is miraculous. It's by it isn't even Abraham, you know. If, you know, it, it, Abraham had something to boast about, you know, in the human terms, uh, Romans 4, but not before God. Not before because God. Because Abraham could see miraculously that he was 100 years old, nearly 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was dead. Uh, he had nothing to boast about, and we have nothing to boast about before no. God. Nothing at all. And, we and, often boast between And the other. covenant which is given to Abraham yeah. um, is actually not a covenant with Abraham at all. It's a co God's making a covenant with himself mm. because we can't take part in it. Mm. Uh, it and, we, you know, it's, it, we have the representation of the blood covenant and, and, and the, the, the slaughtered animals and the smoking ch chimney passing yeah. through it. Yeah. But God is making a covenant a with point. himself. So it, which is, in one sense, it, 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 is, it is a covenant, but from our perspective, it's a promise. Yes. So Abraham believed we're the promise. It's an unconditional covenant, which, yes. uh, it, you know, is another way of saying it's a promise. By it's a promise. promise. Yes, and yeah. which is by grace. It's by yes. grace. It's yes. absolutely really, by grace. All we can do is receive the yeah. promise. Yeah. But we yeah. can't yeah. take the credit. <laughs> yeah. No, we, no, we, we believe we not. receive the pro promise. So this is really, um, as you, you say, do we want a bit of fun? For me, this is great fun. I don't know whether we're, I'm a yeah, sad character, but I do find it a great fun going through even this one verse that we have been studying. Um, Notice he, he distinguishes between the two mothers. One is a bondwoman, the other's a free woman. Mm. And I think, you know, we receive the DNA of our mothers, right? Mm. So the mother is, is the spiritual system, the, the covenant. That, that we are under. We're either under one or the other. Mm. And, and so if we are born under the free woman, under the new covenant, then since she is a free woman, that means we are born into liberty. Mm. We, we are free from the law by, by our very birth. All right? But if somebody is under the, um, the Hagar, the bondwoman, mm. 
then they receive the DNA of the bondwoman. And so anyone who is under the law still, mm. you, know, you know, and mm. trying to justify themselves by their own works, mm. they, they, they have the DNA of their spiritual mother, which is Hagar, mm. and that means they are by nature slaves mm. or in bondage to sin and to the law. Mm. Whereas we are born into freedom from sin yeah. and freedom from the law. Yeah. I think that's the next point he's making in verse 22. Yeah, so just on that point about being, it just comes to me, the service of lessons and carols, the ninth lesson, which is um, John, John's gospel. And it says, those born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. I know. Isn't that there's, there's grace again. Yeah, you know, it's grace, absolutely. There is no credit. No, there's no credit. And when we're born again, to man, I mean, there's no yeah. credit. Um, Sarah becomes becomes our mother. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're born of God. Yes, and we then have a spiritual mother who's mm. Sarah. Mm. Yes. It's wonderful, isn't mm. it? Praise God. Yeah, I always, I always enjoy the service of Lessons and Carols. I hope they do keep a choir going somewhere in a cathedral, somewhere yes. in Britain, yes. just to keep that one alive, because um, the, uh, the gospel is powerfully presented there. And that is, as it were, the high point of the service, reading John's gospel. I've never been given that privilege, but I'd love to be part of it, you know, where we... we Acknowledge that we're born. Unfortunately, so many of these services of nine lessons and carols, particularly well-known international ones, now stick so much secular literature in there. Sort of run. Oh no, I'm talking about the traditional, the traditional nine lessons and carols. That's right. Wonderful. Oh yeah, if you Wonderful. if you put the other stuff in, it's over. Yeah, it's that's a, what we've been doing in the Western yeah. world now for long decades. Time. Yeah, a long time. It's tragic, isn't it? It Just is ripping the heart it, out. Yeah, all giving the time. it. You know, sort of yeah. par with it just with becomes a, a clashing symbol, mm. you know, it does. as it were, without love. Okie dokie, I don't know where I am in my Bible. It's, it's the broken, the broken pages. Right, <laughs> carry on. Next, next verse. Are we on 24, 25? So, yeah, let's read 23 then. Yep. Uh, but he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, that's Ishmael, mm. and he who was of the free woman through promise. Mm. So he hasn't kind of, so he's setting things up right now, and he, he's setting, he's kind of saying, are you, mm. are you an Isaac or are you an Ishmael? You know, are you born through promise by the supernatural work of God, or are, are you just a product of your own flesh and yeah. your own self-will to try and be a yeah. good person? You yeah. know, and then he says these things are symbolic. In other words, I'm building up a picture here, mm. Mm. Uh, and then he takes it. Now he he gets more. Um, how can I say? This is where they're not going to like the legalists are not going to like the way he's going with this. So we've well, been speaking about two women, as it were, two mothers, yes. and, and then he's now moving into two geographic places. Well, now he's pinning it down that you know if you are going to come under the law, that puts you in the realm of Ishmael. <laughs> yeah. in, in a way, he's, he's drawing a column. I, I did it for myself. He's drawing a column here and putting things into two different columns. So on one side, we've got Hagar. The other side, we've got Sarah. On one side, we've got Ishmael. You know, the other side, we've got Isaac. On one side, we've got the flesh and the spirit. Yeah. And now he's going to put the next thing is the old covenant, 
yeah. and the new covenant. And this is where yeah. the rubber hits the road in a mm. way. In other words, if you're trying to live under the old covenant, yeah. you're actually, you think you're being very righteous, but you're actually in the Ishmael column. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not in the eyes. Keep the column going because I'm sure that the gra we can have a graphic representation. So the other parts of the so, two columns. Yes, what I've got here is, um, as I say, from the Hagar, Sarah, Ishmael, Isaac. Um, one's in bondage, the others in freedom. Mm. Two covenants: the old covenant, based at Mount Sinai, mm -hmm. and then the the new covenant, mm. which is. Mount Zion in heaven. Yeah. Um, and then there's Judaism, legalistic Judaism, mm -hmm. versus New Testament Christianity, law versus grace, yeah. uh, and the promise. Mm. And the ultimate destiny that we'll get to eventually is one is cursed. Ishmael was cursed yeah. uh, in, in the sense that he was cast out. Yeah. And, and one was blessed. Mm. One was cast out from the inheritance, and the other became the heir. The, yeah. the inheritor of, of the blessing. Yeah. And Very so good. you've got these two columns. That yeah, so we might actually put that on a graphic. That's, that's what yes, we go well on a graphic. Towards because, yeah. yeah, the Mount of Blessing, ultimately that's what it comes down to, mm. you know. The scripture is, is very, what's the word? It, it's, um, is it a dichotomy, the word? I don't know, but you, you bait, you've got light and darkness, yeah. you know. You've got right and wrong, you know. You've got these, these, these sort of divisions. And yeah, and you've got curses. You want to choose blessing so that you and your children may live mm. and spiritually. That's what, that's what we're it, It's so at. powerful, this. You know, and uh, as we all know, we normally read over it quickly. Yeah. Uh, but pausing and stopping and dwelling, and, mm. and because as you know, you know, perhaps the viewers at home don't know, we get inspiration here on the hoof in the yeah. studio. Yeah. Um, we see things that we've not seen as we've been preparing for mm. Bible study, so, which is very, very exciting. And, mm. and, and this, it really comes down to this, you know, who's your mum? <laughs> you need to yeah. ask yourself the question, yeah. who's your mum? Mm. Uh, let me give a, 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 an you know, life is uh, full of all sorts of lessons and the Lord yeah. uses them to teach you. Now, uh, risk of telling everyone again, you know, my wife has dementia. Mm. And that, of course, is full of challenges, um, full of challenges to my character. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, a few weeks ago, I, I gave her a cup of hot chocolate and she spilled it all over the floor. Now, just prior to that, I had made her another cup of hot chocolate and, and knocked it over myself. So I was already cross because yeah. it's sticky stuff to clear yes. up. Yes. I was already cross. I gave it to her and she spilled it and I was cross. And I, I was cross with her, which was very unfair. Yeah. And I went back to the Lord to, to, to remake, the, <laughs> remake the third time. For the third time. And I said, Lord, why did I behave like that? Yeah. And he said to me, because of law. And I knew what he meant. Yeah. He said, you have created a law that Shauna shouldn't spill her hot chocolate. Yes. And she did. And it broke the law. And it made you angry. <laughs> but it was such a lesson to me. Yeah. It was so loaded. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether she spills her hot chocolate or not. Yeah. And that was that's and you can, can you see how you can extrapolate that into yeah. into life in general. Amazing. Um, this is what law does. It convicts you. It makes you bad tempered. It makes you. It's setting false standards which in eternity really do not matter a fig. Mm. Mm. 
mm. and, and we need to let them all go. So who your mum is is very important. Yeah. You can't have two mothers. Mm. So, uh, uh, you know, are we a bit sort of bipolar? And no, I don't yeah. mean to offend anybody yeah. who's uh, got suffering from bipolar disorder. Mm. Not I really understand what it is. But, are, you know, are we talking to... Uh, uh, is our nature schizophrenic? And I don't mean mm. to offend anybody that might be suffering from that medical uh, condition. But these are important questions. Mm. If, you are, if, if, if uh, Sarah is your mother, then you are free, mm. totally yeah. free. Yeah. And, if, if, and, and do you have to ask yourself that question? Am I free? Yeah. Am, I, am I just acting out something which is not really true in my life? Yeah. Because the scripture says, he who the Lord sets free is mm. free indeed. Yeah. Well done, John. I, I do think some folk, and maybe we fall into the danger ourselves on occasions, are spiritually bipolar and yeah. spiritually schizophrenic. Yeah. You know, they literally are wavering between two opinions. Yes. They, they are um, confusing, you know, Mount Sinai. And I don't know whether we've got enough time to get, talk about Mount Sinai in Arabia uh, uh, with, you know, Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. They're confusing it, aren't they? Um, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but is it worth mentioning, you know, the Arabia? Um, well, and we'll uh, probably uh, cover it but more next time. Okay, good. But he's definitely but thanks, John, relating. For that. Th th those, those personal illustrations are just um, momentous, actually. Yeah. I'm sure people can relate yeah. to what you're saying. So we really appreciate that. Bless you. And, and I do believe what you're saying. God is not only using it for your life, but oh, to is. be able to bring it into Bible study. Yeah. And then it's, it's projected right across the airwaves. You yes. know, that, that little experience with the hot chocolate yeah. is not a small thing. No, it's not. Yeah. So God, God is, is speaking, as it were, through the megaphone um, to, to us all. Mm. Yeah, sorry, Derek, I always interrupt you. You're so <laughs> forgiving, <laughs> so forgiving. Well, he, he is definitely making the connection now, and this is where it gets controversial, because they're thinking, you know, if your religion is based on Mount Sinai, that is the law, mm. um, he, they're thinking, well, we're the spiritual ones, but actually he's saying, actually, you, 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 he connects that to Hagar and Ishmael. And we'll, we'll cover it more next time, but basically... That's what happened to Hagar. When they, they were, Ishmael was cast out, Hagar, they went off to Arabia. Mm. And so the Arabians were known as the sons of Hagar. So Hagar was physically, he's using the physical analogy now that Hagar and Ishmael settled in Arabia. Mm -hmm. So the Ishmaelites, Arabia and Edom, mm. you see. And so the fact that Mount Sinai is in Arabia, we'll talk about that, yeah means that just connects it, you see, in the picture language. Mm. Mount Sinai is in the territory of Ishmael. Yeah. And, and therefore, you know, if, you, if your religion is based on Mount Sinai, on the, the law of Moses, mm. then you actually are an Ishmaelite. Yeah, got it, yeah. Well, we're in our last minute, so, you know, we've opened up, opened up the whole subject, because um, in one sense, Islam is very legalistic, isn't it? Oh, it's the same. Boy, is it. Um, you know, it, even more so, I would say, you know, because of, okay, it might just have the five, the five pillars, but boy, do they have to be rigidly enforced. And, you know, your, your whole, you know, fulfillment of your faith, as it were, is rigidly adhering. 
Salvation is based on the works. There's nothing. We're out of time. I know. Oh, we'll see you next week. Bless you. <laughs>